one of the things that uh, payroll teams and functions uh, sometimes don't have is the time to kind of sit back once they've run that payroll process uh, and and to spend a bit of time learning. And I think that's really key, not just for, for payroll professionals to, to carve some time out of their busy day or month uh, to, to uh, find the time to learn, to ingest all that wonderful information that's available, uh, but also to make sure that their line manager is comfortable with that, that kind of learning gap as well. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies and more, we're going to cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organisations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favourite beverage and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, and we are specialist payroll recruiters. Uh, Today, I am joined by Fran Williams, who is Senior Payroll and HCM Product Director at Iris Software Group. And today we're going to be talking about technology. We're going to be talking about compliance uh, and a whole lot more because Fran is responsible for payroll software and managed services within the UK and globally And as a versatile leader who has a proven track record of creating, managing, and executing successful commercial and product strategies within the HCM marketplace, I've asked Fran today to join me on the Payroll Podcast to discuss exactly what part technology has to play in the future of payroll management. Now, for those not familiar, Fran, prior to joining Iris, spent over 15 years in similar roles within the HR and payroll industry, working for international and domestic providers, including MorePay, Zealous, and Delight. And for those of you not familiar with Iris Software Group, well, they have more than 100,000 customers across 135 countries and are the largest third-party online tax filer with the UK government. In fact, Iris Global and Domestic Payroll and HR Solutions are used by nearly 5 million employees, with one in eight UK employees paid through an Iris payroll solution. So without further ado, let's get into the world of tech, the world of payroll, and let's introduce Fran to the Payroll Podcast. How are you doing today, Fran? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Uh, Thanks, Nick, for that beautiful welcome. And (laughs) thanks for having me on your wonderful podcast. You're very welcome. I'm excited to talk about something that so many people are passionate about, which is the future of payroll and how that really links to tech. But before we jump into that, let me ask my first question. I'll ask all my guests, which is this. What does the word payroll mean to you? So I'm going to try and give you two answers to this, right? The, f- the first answer, I think, has been become more ev- evident over the last couple of uh, years within payroll. But payroll, to me, is the foundation stone of a business, and it's critical to that organization's health and growth. Uh, and what I mean by that really is it's one of the biggest components uh, that impacts or in both positively and negatively employee satisfaction and also retention as well. Um, and unfortunately, I think it's one of the last things that gets invested in by organizations. So I think 
there's there's an opportunity there in two ways really. Uh, firstly, um, for payroll professionals, probably go to the business and and uh, ask for more investment. And I think we'll touch on some of that today in part of the podcast. Sure. But I think it's an opportunity as well for the industry. If you look at um, some of the adjacent industries um, within technology, uh, people like HCM vendors, banking, CRM solutions, I think they've they've kind of really pushed the envelope further. Um, and, and the payroll industry needs to catch up, actually. Um, and, and we need um, both the payroll professionals uh, and the software businesses to come together to really better help meet the real uh, customer's expectations. And that customer I see is the employee, right? And if I look at the way employment is going, um, I think they're demanding more color to a payroll process, um, more transparency uh, and and optionality um, when they're paid as well. So whether that be engaging with with a payroll function or, or, or a team, either a mobile app, whether that be ditching the multiple applications, uh, the complex password arrangements that sometimes come with with payroll processes as well, whether they've got multiple job jobs, side hustles, working locations they want to go and work at anywhere in the world, be a digital yeah. nomad, or whether they just want paying on the day that they've worked without taking credit. So that kind of whole real-time pay. I think we've, we've got more work to do collectively between uh, the, the kind of practitioners and the, and the providers, software or service to, to kind of make for a better future, really. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think you've touched upon some really interesting points. Certainly the talent retention piece, which I've been sort of banging on that door for a while, maybe because I'm a recruiter, right? But I can see the impact that payroll professionals can yeah. have on that retention and attraction um, uh, statistic, really, and how they can partner with HR professionals within their businesses to really build a, a compelling proposition for employees. And those are the things you mentioned, whether that involves more transparency in their pay slipping, whether it involves new services that they can deliver through payroll at pay on demand or whatever it might be, where they can improve that employee experience as the customer. And if they do that, they're going to improve retention and improve their ability to attract. So I think you've nailed some, some really important points. I know we're going to talk a lot about tech today and, and, and obviously how tech can infiltrate the pay- payroll process, how can it can improve the payroll process, but also how it can improve the employee experience, which is really, really important. But I know often we can get a little bit lost in the, in the future conversation, the tech conversation, without actually remembering that payroll is also about compliance, right? So starting there, what advice would you give to, uh, I, I guess, a small business like myself or, or, or SMEs who want to stay on top of upcoming payroll legislation uh, and perhaps don't know where to where to start? So I think a couple of things for me. I think, um, obviously, you've got to be curious, right? Knowledge doesn't find you on all occasions. You've got to seek out and find it. But I think if we look at a small business, probably a good proportion, I think about 40% of the workforce employed in the UK sits below 50 employees. And typically, they want a dedicated the time to learn. And, and I think it's a challenge for them. Um, that said, um, payroll legislation, um, has it got more complex over the last 10 years? Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, we've had all variety of kind of things drop in from auto-enrollment, average holiday pay, gender pay gap, apprenticeship yeah. levy, social care. 
that's all come in. Um, and I think the industry and employers have handled that really, really well. But if you, you kind of look at the nuts and bolts of payroll legislation year in, year out, outside those kind of big ticket um, pieces of legislation, uh, it's, it's, it's more and often than not rate, rate table changes um, and, and, and changes to, to allowances. And I think um, the government, so the .gov website, the HMRC bulletin, software providers and service providers, professional organisations like the CIPP, do a good job at communicating uh, to certain cohorts of employers. But I don't think they capture everyone. And I think that's where I want to kind of reinforce that be curious kind of ethos, really. Because... Um, the information's out there. You, you've got to go look for it. And I think it's particularly harder if you're a small business to kind of find the time to learn. But certainly, certainly it's available. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, curiosity leads to awareness. Awareness leads to insight. Insight leads to action. And they're the actions we need to take to cover yeah, it. I mean, obviously, as a, I guess as a small provider like myself, one of the benefits of using a, a payroll solutions provider is although I still, you know, we still need internal knowledge about what's coming up in terms of legislation, but there's a certain element of, we can hope that our payroll providers are, are staying on top of the legislation on our behalf, right? And that's one of the, the benefits of working or partnering with a software provider who specializes in this space because it's their responsibility to make sure their software's up to date and they're keeping us up to date with their bulletins and their emails and everything else. So that's been really useful from my perspective as a business owner, for sure, and I'm sure that'll be the same for others. So bearing that in mind then, what, what part does technology, uh, something we really want to discuss in some detail today, what part does technology have to play in ensuring effective payroll management, particularly for the payroll managers that may be listening to the show? Um, so I think the, the technology, um, look, we, we sit there as, as uh, kind of payroll product professionals within software organizations or service organizations, and, and we're keeping abreast of kind of the, the government briefings, the HMRC bulletins, um, and, um, and we, we attend... Um, events and kind of roundtables on on what's coming so we know we know what's coming quite well ahead of time and clearly we develop software that is compliant to allow businesses like yourself nick and, and other larger businesses to run compliant payroll uh, processes um but the software only does so much so it will it will guide it will you stick in the wrong numbers in boxes it will give you flags and warnings that kind of tell you that maybe someone's breached um, a national minimum wage uh, limit or, or or bottom level. Um, so it so it helps, but certainly it's not a, a be all and end all, right? So whether you're buying a software or a service, ultimately that compliance burden never leaves the employer. So you've got to make sure that. Firstly, you're downloading, uh, if you've got a more traditional heritage platform, uh, you're downloading the latest patch or edition of the software. That's that's key. Um, believe it or not, some people forget or, or have sure. to go back and rerun a payroll without doing that. If you've got a cloud piece of technology, you're very fortunate because it kind of updates itself. Um, so make sure you um, keep your software up to date. That, that's key. Um, also, make sure you're keeping abreast of, of, of the legislation as well. And we, we talk to all the great uh, businesses that, that kind of offer offer that information. Uh, Iris does it in a couple of different ways. 
we uh, we communicate what we call a, a, a kind of tax fat card or a, a rate table. We do that every year uh, uh, prior to the tax year opening. Um, but in some one of the businesses that we've acquired, a company called Data Plan that specialise in managed payroll, we also offer a more detailed analysis. We call it the crystal ball. And we've got a wonderful chap called Paul Chappell, who's an ex-HMRC uh, uh, payroll specialist who helps uh, kind of not just lay out those changes, but he looks forward to, to kind of pending legislation as well. And if we, we kind of look into uh, probably the next the next kind of tax year, the bits that are probably we need to work for, you've got stuff like average holiday pay and, and how you assign that to part-time and a regular uh, workers as a result of the, the the Brazil case. That's due, that guidance is due in the summer. We've got uh, the government uh, hopefully will form a, a good view uh, with consultation on sort of IR35 and off payroll working reforms as well. We've got enterprise zones that are coming for next year. And then for anyone that works in hospitality, they're particularly keen to see uh, how the uh, allocation of tips Bill lands, which is going through its second reading yep. in uh, in the in the uh, House of Lords. Sorry, it's gone through its second reading, but it's going for uh, ascension at, at Lords as well. So um, Paul does a wonderful job at kind of looking forward and kind of analysing all, all that legislation. So certainly, there's information out there that you're going to get, and you can build that on top of uh, the legislation patch you're going to get in your software. You're building that kind of knowledge ahead of time. But again, it, it comes back to being curious and also finding the time to learn yeah. as well. One of the things that uh, payroll teams and functions uh, sometimes don't have is the time to kind of sit back once they've run that payroll process uh, and, and to spend a bit of time learning. And I think that's really key, not just for, for payroll professionals to, to carve some time out of their busy day or month uh, to, to uh, find the time to learn, to ingest all that wonderful information that's available, uh, but also to make sure that their line manager is comfortable with that, that kind of learning gap as well. And they've, they've kind of, uh, they've, they've managed to do that around a very busy payroll schedule as well. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, I think one of the other pieces of key advice as well, find the time to, to kind of learn because that, that being curious thing kind of, I imagine Paul must have been very busy during the uh, the multiple prime ministers and multiple chancellor exchequers we've been through in the past, you know, 12 to 18 months. We're hoping for a bit of stability now, so he can probably plan yes. R35. It's in, it's out, it's shaking all about. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you lose track after a while. The timepiece is an interesting one because I, I, you know, I think you can always find time, but I think it's sometimes difficult to find the energy to do certain things or to, to spend time. It's an energy deficit that we have, particularly in payroll, where there's a lot of burnout at the moment. A lot of people, you know, come out of 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 the furlough, which you know wasn't a million miles uh, uh, you know, ago, um, many years ago. And you think, well, a lot of payroll professionals still haven't taken that much needed holiday. So they haven't taken that yeah. break just to collectively pull themselves back into you know to, to, to a place where they feel like they can they can take that energy for development but I couldn't agree more um for professional development time for learning particularly as the the industry moves more uh, into more of a strategic um business function which I think is happening in the world of payroll very much due to the impact technology is having right so that hopefully yep. uh, will enable people working in payroll to have a little bit more time 
to to take that strategic view and take that learning and let the technology take hold of some of the manual stuff that's taken so long to process in the past. And so focusing on that, the, the subject of technology for a moment, what are the kind of tools that are on offer at the moment for, for payroll leaders in particular? Um, and what should be taken into account when, when choosing the right one? For those, I'll mention a tool here, actually, which is for as a recruiter, it's a good opportunity for me to mention it. We do have a salary benchmarking tool specifically for payroll professionals, which you can find on our website. So if people are interested in what you may be worth or what your team may be worth, check that on our website and you can run that report. And it's loads of different tabs you can pick from whether you are CRPP qualified, whether you've you know, whether you, the size of your payroll or frequency and so on. So that's one of the tools I'd recommend leaders took take, you know, took a good look at. But from a processing side of things, what are the key leadership tools that you'd recommend and what do they need to consider? Uh, so I think that the first thing payroll professionals need to do when they look at a new technology is really kind of look at their end-to-end payroll process. Um, we as an organisation speak to hundreds of um employers every every week and month and one of the things we always encourage them to do before they go out with that kind of shopping list of kind of features and functions that they're looking for is kind of take the time to look at their end-to-end payroll process to look at where the data comes from where it flows into the payroll process where it leaves uh, when that payroll process is finished and and how could it be improved how many pairs of hands does it does it go through as, as you kind of typically manipulate that data, uh, usually via spreadsheets, uh, to get it into the right format? And also to take a time as well to, to think about the end customer. And I, I kind of headline that in, in, in the intro, that that end customer is the employee. Yeah. And often businesses and payroll prefo- professionals focus on their experience in using the payroll in the payroll process but what they don't do is is take the time to find out and speak to the employees about how they would like the payroll process to be or how it could be improved for them and obviously you've got to take the uh, you've got to speak to the employees at the right time and you've got to take a rounded view but i think you'll get you'll get some insight what that's going to allow you to do is bring that back into kind of a shopping list of uh, things that you, you kind of want to achieve as well. I think the other thing I would say as well when when looking at a new software solution or even just reviewing what you've got, and I would encourage payroll professionals to really kind of look at that process regardless of whether they go into market probably every 12 to 18 months because yeah. I think you learn and, and clearly payroll processes change. Um, but um, is to... Um, to think about where they're going to be in three to five years' time. Businesses change all the time. They grow, they shrink, and often uh, they're a good reflection point um, to think about, you know, what do you need for the future? But think about your future as well. And once you've got all that kind of written down and you've got you've got a clear kind of idea of where you are today and where you want to be, it's more looking at how you can improve those processes. Um, I think if you, you look to some of the research on uh, the – that CIPP do on their future of payroll, or there's many other wonderful kind of um, industry-led or vendor-led publications. The biggest um, kind of opportunities that employers and payroll professionals see is typically around kind of um, connectivity um, and APIs. Can I get my data into a payroll platform? 
in a, a more cleaner, secure way without the need to manipulate data. So that's driving a lot of people to look at connectors and APIs um, for various reasons. The other thing uh, increasingly that people are looking for as well is automation and efficiency in that payroll process. So that can come in a couple of different ways. That can come from data just flowing seamlessly from, for example, from a TNA platform to a, a payroll platform or from a, H, a new starter from a HR platform into payroll. Uh, that works in a couple of different ways. The data goes in more cleanly and more securely. But one of the things that often payroll professionals find themselves doing is keying data. And sometimes even when you've got a spreadsheet and you're just making a simple change, it's easier to kind of rekey it than it is to kind of ingest it via yeah. an, uh, an Excel file. But when that happens, that's invariably when mistakes creep in and and uh, when you get dissatisfaction uh, within your employee base uh, because of, quite frankly. So um, that whole automation piece is key. And then if you think about a payroll process as well, whether you are a small business or a large business, there's typically a lot of buttons uh, and, and things to tick or click on. Uh, even when you've got your data in and you, you, you've done your, your kind of payroll process, you've done your gross donate, you've had it approved. There's kind of a lot of what we call processing processes and buttons. And if you can automate those and you can make your data go off seamlessly to your pension provider via API, you can make your data go to your payment uh, or your bank's platform. Um, what that can do is streamline a payroll process, but it saves payroll professionals time. And I think that's the key, right? Yeah. You've got to create that time in some way, particularly as businesses grow. They've got more work to do, more people to pay, uh, more queries to answer, more errors to correct. If you can automate processes, you can create time. And with that time, leading back to the learning, yeah. you can you can spend it on um, not just knowledge and, and making sure that you are not just keeping yourself, the business um, and the um, the leadership function or the, the board. And there's a whole debate around whether payroll should have a place on the boardroom. I'm uh, fundamentally a believer it should as an integral part of a business. Um, but yeah, you can spend more time um, updating and ahead of that legislation landing, keeping that um, keeping that leadership function abreast of the changes and potentially the costs as well. Obviously, legislation sometimes brings increased cost to running a business as well, and making sure that you know finance have planned for that and have got that in play, in, in play for the next five financial budget is key. Sure. So you just mentioned uh, legislation there. I know that when I, I host a show called Payroll Question Time, and on that we invariably get lots of questions from very experienced payroll managers in relation to things like you know the cost of living allowances, salary, how we process salary sacrifice benefits, and, and a whole multitude of different legislation-related questions. If we have a question about maybe in particular in relation to sort of upcoming payroll legislation, and I'm a payroll manager listening to this, and I think, actually, I've got a concern at the minute. What's the best next step for them to ensure they act accordingly? Should they should they go and get in touch with their software providers and or should they just get, you know, that the software providers are already aware of it and there's nothing they need to do? You know, what's the kind of best course of action to make sure they remain compliant without giving all the responsibility potentially to the uh, to the software provider? Or, or can they? It's it's a really, really uh, interesting question that actually, Nick. So firstly, it really depends on 
the software provider and the service or the support level that you've purchased with them. So invariably, the the payroll product will either do that thing or it won't do. And and obviously, you get some very basic payroll functions that are meant for smaller businesses. And as you grow with complexity, as you grow as a business, you get increased complexity. So sometimes you need to make sure that your payroll platform can do what you need it to do. But if it does, and and you're unsure how to use it, um, that's where you speak to your payroll uh, software provider or, or supplier about training. Have you had the right training for the latest release, or have you had the appropriate training in general? If you can answer that question, um, then uh, that's that's great. But you can then go to the support function as well within the business. So um, some support functions will will kind of tell you if you've used it correctly or incorrectly and tell you when it's wrong. Some offer added value support functions like Iris do and will give you some some kind of hints and tips on how to use it uh, uh, to get the most out of your software. And then, of course, if you're really, really unsure, um, there are many wonderful payroll bureaus and managed payroll providers that if it's getting a little bit complex for you, particularly if you're going through a, a hyper growth within your business and payroll isn't your your kind of primary role, you could decide to outsource that and they'll begin to support you with that that kind of extra level of complexity in legislation. Sure. And of course, um, there's a CIPP as well. Where people oh, yes, absolutely. Helplines and things like yeah. that. Yeah, so the CIPP, wonderful organization. They offer a variety of different kind of support levels uh, some of which you need to be a paid-up uh, member, and they've got some really great rates. Uh, some of which you can consume for free, um, but there um, they do uh, lots of different legislation training programs, uh, formal qualifications. They do uh, they do webinars, and there's also got that wonderful payroll support line as well. Um, typically within office hours, but they'll. You ring them up, they'll give you a and, really good And neither of us are on commission for saying that, right? This is no, just, no. They're just really yeah. good at what they they're do. They're just really good at what they do as well. Let, yeah. Let's say we've got a, a you know a legislation um, that's coming up. We've community worked with our software provider, whatever it is. We're now up to speed with what that change may be and, and what that means for employees. But if that message we have to give across, it's not always going to be positive, right? Things change at governmental level that's, that, that results in legislation changing that could potentially impact the, the, the pocket earnings of the employer, the customer. And sometimes giving that message out as a payroll professional can be quite challenging. Yep. Any advice you would give in terms of how legislation can or should be communicated to a workforce, particularly because you view them as I do, the workforce as the consumer, as the customer? Because obviously, if they are the customer, then we need to handle that with a particular level of care. How would you recommend leaders sort of proceeded with communicating, particularly that the legislation that perhaps doesn't always land in the favour of the the customer? In inverted commas. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really challenging uh, question and and concept for payroll professionals, right? They they sometimes you know the the, the kind of take Being home pay on a pay slip, yeah. right? But um, so firstly, I think it's it's it comes back to knowledge, right? They need to be able to convey. Um, that change, that impact to that employee, both positively and negatively, uh, to that that employee if they come and ask, uh, and that, that's more of a reactive uh, query. One of the things that you probably want to do though is is work with um, work with the the owner of the business, work with their HR function, uh, 
or even just with the, 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 the kind of internal communication function within a larger business, or it may just be, you know, a, 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 a uh, cooler, uh, water cooler chats with the team or a morning huddle where you just explain what the challenge is. I think the government are doing a much better job at communicating um, up and coming legislation, the end customer, the employee. Um, and that really um, that really changes part of the auto enrollment rollout in in kind of the early uh, early tens two thousand and tens, and kind of is is working through the the latest bit of um, communication. But certainly, the government don't always get to every every kind of populace of of, of people. Although they've got a wonderful TikTok channel uh i'm not sure that they capture everyone so i think from a payroll professional point of view my advice would be learn it understand it replay it to colleagues within your team or within the hr function but talk to um your your kind of line manager talk to whether you are of the the left persuasion whether you you are payroll is a function of finance or is a, fun- a right persuasion, a function of HR, or you're just a, someone who, who do, does payroll. Um, speak to your line manager, uh, talk to them about how it's going to impact uh, the business, how it's going to impact the employee, and work with them on how, how you should best communicate it. Um, I, I want to say there are no right or wrong ways of doing this. Um, I think invariably not communicating is worse than communicating badly. Um, but yeah, I think take what government information is available. Um, see if you can, um, if you've got something from a vendor, see if you can, uh, see if you can kind of regurgitate that so it's simple and easy to understand. Um, and then just be open and honest with with people. I think that's what what people like that these days: honesty, integrity, and communication, and just say it as it is in in their way. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. When transparency is a key word at the minute in terms yeah. of the employee experience, and I think it applies here. A couple of things I wanted to pick up on in your response um, positively. One was the idea of collaboration. And you mentioned earlier on in the show about the you firmly believe that payroll should have a seat at the, at the board level table. I think one of the quickest ways of achieving that is is really promoting that that collaborative approach to to payroll, that that the building of relationships with key stakeholders, whether they're in finance on the left side or HR on the right, or indeed the C-suite uh, board level, um, you know, director or owner. I think historically payroll has been quite an introverted profession, and I think if we need to break that a little bit and be a little bit more extroverted and start partnering with, with and discovering actually what the financial uh, HR or business related challenges are, and then seeing how they may be able to impact on those challenges, whether that's utilizing data, whether that's 
improving the employee experience. You mentioned retention, attraction earlier. You know, there's, a, there's a whole array of things that, that Pell professionals can do to really support broader business objectives. I think you made a really good point there on the collaboration. And the second part I wanted to mention was, you mentioned TikTok. I mean, TikTok would not have come into this conversation two years ago. I don't know if TikTok even existed two years ago. But it's an interesting point because if the HMRC are already on TikTok now, it shows how rapidly things are advancing, not just in the world of social, of course, and we've seen platforms you know, boom overnight and TikTok being an example of that, and how we communicate messages you know, using platforms like TikTok and messaging in a a more creative way, shall we say, using dance and songs and whatever it might be to, to get people amused because our concentration levels have dropped. But equally, bringing it back to technology, we've seen technology advance just as fast, if not faster. Um, and obviously, that's where pl- the plethora of social channels have, have emerged from. So from a product perspective, from a technology perspective, Fran, what are the innovations that are exciting you the most, especially those that perhaps are still in development stage? And obviously the ones that you're able to disclose, I'm sure you're working on some things that you can't, but that perhaps we haven't seen deployed yet here in the UK that we can start to get excited about. So I think, um, yeah, it, it comes back to more collaboratively, a software vendor point of view with, with the end user. I think while we'd love to be able to, to uh, view our payslip on, uh, get, uh, for example, uh, our, our payslip details on Alexa, which became a bit of a fad about kind of five years ago. I think what payroll professionals want and need is, is just getting the basics right. So having a payroll platform that is API first, so they're getting the data in clean, simply, easily, um, in a way that they don't need to spend their time analyzing and reeking the data. They're alerted to the issues. Um, no one gets into payroll to do admin. Um, I think they get in there to kind of pay people accurately on time every time yeah. and, and invariably create as, as little mistakes as possible. Um, so I think if we can, we can get payroll solutions that firstly connect technologies together, that's a big start. The other thing that we're working on with Iris as well, um, and our kind of go-forward payroll platform is a platform called Staffology. Um, we, uh, we're working on real-time payroll calculations. So if you imagine a lot of the more traditional software platforms, um, particularly the heritage ones, and we, we've, as Iris, uh, Iris acquired many wonderful platforms like Ernie and Payright and Star or uh, Iris cool. Payroll Professional. A lot of them, you kind of put all your data in, uh, spreadsheet inputs, rekeying. You kind of press a button and it kind of whirs in a little circle. And then between uh, a couple of minutes later and maybe an hour later, if it's a really big payroll, it pops out some results. And then... Uh, you take those results and you, you kind of send them off to uh, the stakeholders in the payroll process, HR, payroll, finance, to have those approved. Um, and while that's going on, the employees sat there wondering what are they going to get paid next month, right? Because um, payroll, it, it kind of it's a bit like a, a, an Apollo spaceship going around the moon. It kind of goes into goes black for half of the month and it's a bit of a surprise sometimes what pops yeah. out in someone's pay slips um with our products and um the way we're working on real-time payroll calculations um you put the data in it calculates it on the fly so you build 
you pay her off from bottom up. You start with your kind of um, your base salaries, your new starters, your, your levers. You then uh, build in your, your incremental variable pay options. You import your timesheets. You add your bonuses. But every time you do that, it kind of um, recalculates on the fly. Why that's important is for two reasons. I think for, for the wider stakeholders and have a look at finance, uh, they could get at any point in the month, they could get um, they could get a gross net file, they could get a GL extract, they could see the real-time costs as that payroll builds. They don't have to wait till yeah. sort of payday plus um, two to get their journal file. But for an employee, they could see with the right technology um, via APIs and a mobile app, they could see their pay building over the month as they work the day, the hours, as they um, submit their timesheets, as they're approved. They know what's happening and payroll stops being a surprise. And I think that's where uh, that would be a big move forward. I think the other thing for me that I'm really excited about, and you can see this happening in the US as well, is payroll companies beginning to think about real-time payroll. I mean, and, the real-time solution you've highlighted there suggests, I was about to ask you, it sounds like if you're doing it all in real time and you know what's coming, does that, you know, one step further than that would suggest to me that you, you could potentially pay people in real time as well? Um, you, you could. Um, you've got one slight barrier in the UK. Um, our, our, our love and our kind of reliance on the back system uh, means it's slightly prohibitive because if you think about a payroll process, there's lots of approvals and um, payroll functions and payroll teams aren't really geared up for kind of same day payments unless they use um, some of the wonderful um, kind of salary advance solutions out there. And I think, um, you know, the, the jury is out definitely on whether they are morally the right thing to do. But sure. if you look to legislation on the continent, it's now legislation, I think, in France and Spain, um, but I'm sure I'll get corrected if I'm wrong, uh, that if you have worked a day and you want to be paid for that day, uh, you can you can be paid for that day that doesn't impact uh, your take-home pay. So I think sure. if we can get the technology right and we can get the payment bit right and we can make it easy and we can not encourage the lending of money as part of that process or or the the spending of money i think we can make for a much better payroll process and kind of move it from almost move it back from the monthly back to the weekly and maybe even to the daily and i think that plays into the generation z the contingent worker that that maybe has um two or three jobs maybe they've got a, you know a, a, a typical uh, nine to five, maybe they're doing something on the weekend, maybe they're content creator as well in their many wonderful forms that we've got content creators doing these days. Um, and they they can get paid their way, uh, not not the typical way. Now, every time I say this in front of payroll professionals at events, they, they kind of look in horror because <laughs> they think yeah. about the pain that it's going to it's it's going to give them and, and the bus and, is already moving isn't it right yeah the, well the bus is moving right and you look at the cipp um annual payroll survey future of payroll it, it kind of does this every year now it's done it for about three or four years and you can see the adoption is moving um mm. and i think if if i go back to 
the end customer. And, and, and often we sometimes don't think about, particularly in a cost of living crisis, what giving access to someone who's already earned that money, giving them to access as they've earned it could mean, because it, it could mean, quite frankly, um, people getting into less debts. And it, and it could mean, on, on some occasions in this cost of living crisis, <laughs> quite frankly, the difference between putting the heating on or eating. I mean, that's what... key, I think I think the connection between uh, the stat that I read, I think it's um, Insight Money did a, a, a report on this, where the I think sixty two percent of people struggling with their financial health end up suffering with their mental health. Yeah. So there's a, there's a definite link there. I think you, you touched upon two things that I think were really um, one one probably surprised me slightly, but in a good way, which was you know the innovations you're excited about. It was an opportunity perhaps you were going to come in with a bells and whistles, you know, little thing we could add on to the tech. I don't know, the ability to pay crypto wallets or, you know, whatever. But actually you focused on what I think is probably more important. And hopefully the power professionals listening to this will agree, which is actually focusing on, on what we do day to day, which is just making that payroll process more automated, more simple, more robust, more accurate. You know, we can the, the bells, trinkets and things we can be added on on top later. And there's a lot of um, content out there about what those things are. But actually, it's really still about paying people compliantly and hopefully freeing up some of that time. And, and as you say, I agree with in agreement with you on the API side of things. It's where the, the industry is moving and making sure that, that that provides a better experience, both for the payroll people processing, but also then that translates through to the the employee or the or the consumer at the other end. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention is um, people, people may or may not be familiar with this, but often pay on demand, I always call it a on-demand pay. And there's a reason for that because there's also known as EWA or, or uh, earned wage access. Yep. Uh, but people can get confused because EWA also starts also stands for um, early wage access um, rather than earned. And I think there is a difference between the two. Yep. Access to um, money early is often in the form of a some kind of loan-based agreement, whereas earned wage access traditionally is, is when you've actually already earned the money. Therefore, it's not following so, you know, a, a loan protocol. Um, but the EWA acronym can therefore be confusing for people. And you made it very clear. You used the word earned, um, which was important. But I wanted to make that clear for those listening who may have heard of EWA. And, and th- there are two distinctions there. And it's unfortunate they have the same letters, but uh, it can cause some confusion. So bearing everything that you've just mentioned in mind, um, you know, I'm excited by APIs coming into the profession. I'm excited by the opportunity of Hey, well, having an impact on financial wellness. And I think you can have a really big part to play on that, which again, raises the profile of the industry considerably, I think, with so many people with the cost of living crisis being impacted right now um, by their pay, this is an opportunity for payroll to really play a helping hand in that, in, that, in, that, in that challenge. Are you excited or pessimistic about the future of payroll from a product perspective, i.e. you? And would you have the same view if you're working as a payroll manager right now? I am super excited uh, for a couple of reasons, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, um, I think there's there's an opportunity for us to take um, as a as a software vendor the and the profession on a journey um, uh, to, uh, to probably end up in 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 a better place. Really. I think some of that is around technology and, and giving payroll professionals better tools to help them do their job. I don't want to say properly because they already do their job, but sure. more efficiently and and to improve the quality. And I think if we can nail APIs, if we can nail automation, then I think we can give some time back to payroll professionals to focus on quality and um, to focus on the the process and, and ultimately delighting 
um, delighting the um, the employee as well. Um, I think from an employee point of view, uh, we've talked about mobile apps. I think uh, there's an opportunity to go a little bit further as well. So I think we can not just pay people, but we can help people make that money go further. And I think one of the things I know um, the industry is keen on, CIPP in particular, I'm also keen on as well, is making sure that we educate people much earlier in the process about pay, uh, pensions, and, and how to spend more money more wisely. And I'm a big fan of trying to get it into the curriculum, probably even starting in primary schools, but definitely secondary schools, just to educate people about about money. But I think if if you come back to that that kind of payroll experience, it's, it's really about making people feel rewarded for the work that they do. So how can we um how can we make people's pay go further? How can we educate them? around um how to better spend their money and um, within reason i think we've got we've got to be quite measured in how we do that we've got to trust people um but also we've got to make them think about you know the, the important things in life you know saving for that first mortgage saving for retirement as well saving for life events that's key um and i think that's where in particular that kind of well-being thing comes in as well so if we if I if I look at one one example of, of technology, we talked about earned wage access, we talked about banking earlier. Um with open banking, what we could do is we could work out a employee with the right permissions, of course, um, is about to uh be unable to pay a direct debit that's coming out of the bank account. We could then via a mobile app uh, prompt them to say would they like access to their earned wage uh, earlier and we could prevent them uh, incurring fees and charges as a result of that mispayment Um, and that's just about the the technology connecting all that kind of experience of cash moving in and out of people's lives in a a better way as well moving that on to um, the the payroll professionals clearly um, furlough did two things Um, it it kind of raise the profile of the payroll professional so it's uh, firstly they became critical to the solvency of a lot of businesses and they kept a lot of businesses afloat Uh, secondly it did two things it gave payroll professionals more options and and that's i would say in 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 two reasons unfortunately we lost some great people within the industry because they kind of worked out this is really difficult and I, I, yeah. I don't fancy doing this. The other thing it did as well is it opened up channels and opportunities. So if we think about kind of payroll maybe a decade ago, it was very office-based. There was a, usually a server under someone's desk or in a server room, very secure. Um, furlough uh, created opportunity. It, it started businesses thinking about the cloud, uh, resilience, and, and that did another great thing as well it opened up employment opportunities um, for payroll professionals as well. So no longer were they kind of, um, they were kind of contained within a kind of 30 mile radius of where they lived. They could go and work anywhere, arguably in the country or, or in the world, as long as you've got the right processes in place. So that, that has created career opportunities, which Nick, you will have no doubt seen in within your business as well. Um, but it 
also creates opportunities for enrichment in role as well. So people have realized that payroll professionals are a massive asset uh, to a business and they're more willing to invest in their careers and their learning, their education for, for the long run as well. So I think, yeah, that, that's been a wonderful outcome of, of furlough. And I think from a technology point of view, we can help them go further as well. So I think they need to obviously embrace technology. Um, they need to understand all the acronyms that come with it around kind of APIs, connectors, uh, automation, robots, that kind of thing. Um, but also, um, and that, that helps them in their career and their knowledge as well. But also it can it, it, it comes back to that learning. It can create time for them to focus on improving processes, to focus on knowledge, and to fo- have a little time back in their own life to to kind of focus on them as well. I think yeah. more than often in the day-to-day, we're really busy trying to do that next thing, run a payroll, answer a query. But seldom do we kind of take the time to step back and say, is this working for me? Is it working for the business, uh, this process? Or is this some stuff I want to learn? Or where do I want to be uh, in this business or, or, or in this profession over the next couple of years? But I, I agree with everything you've said there. I think there's a word that st- comes to mind which kind of encompasses a lot of the things you've discussed, and that's the word choice. So whether you're the employee and you feel listened to because your payroll provider is or payroll department is actually considering how the payroll might impact your your way of spending or your life, as you put it earlier, with the future and the things you may be able to do with, you know, with the direct debit example that you gave, that gives employees more choice in how they manage their finances, which which opens up other choices. The the furlough, as you mentioned, those opened up a lot more choices in terms of where you work, how you work, um, the, the 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 role that you do as well. I mean, we work with the CIPP and identified over sixty six different career pathways now. I suspect it's bigger than that, even since we did that report only only uh, sort of eight nine months ago. I think, um, as you say, when you get time back. That also gives you more choice, more choice to consider what it is you want to do, the direction you want to take, what you want to learn, what you want to implement, and what you would, you know, how you want to evolve. So, um, I think everything you've mentioned there is is absolutely spot on. So, look, last question before I open the vault for you, Fran, and that's uh, just an opportunity really to tell the audience who may or may not be familiar. Although one in eight people in the UK are paid via an IRS uh, payroll solution, I wonder if you could just bring up to speed who IRS software are, because you offer a number of different solutions, uh, managed services to software to international solutions as well. I wonder if you can just give us a quick overview on who IRS payroll software are. Yeah, of course I can. So we are a business uh, that has been incredibly successful in supporting employers, um, payroll bureaus, accountancy firms, deliver payroll processes, uh, for their customers or our customers directly, and we've helped get people paid. I mean, you've mentioned the, the one in eight, uh, and we've got kind of ten or twelve different products uh, that we um, we kind of deliver to lots of different markets. Uh, some of those are really small employers, like products like Twelve Pay, uh, Cashflow Payroll, um, Ernie, but we've also got some some payrolls. Uh, some really large payrolls of 30, 40,000 employees spinning on our more mature products, products like PayRights, um, IPP. Uh, we also offer services as well. So we um, we employ around about 600 payroll professionals, both in the UK, in Chennai, in India. Um, and we run around about half a million payroll slips each month 
for um, businesses in the UK via uh, a managed service, um, particularly focus on um, corporate, um, hospitality, education, payroll, um, GP, NHS, but we offer a broad range of services. So yeah, really, really uh, de- depth to our, our payroll offering. Um, and uh, we also offer global payroll as well. So we can support businesses as they expand globally. Um, if they're looking to put boots on the ground uh, in, a, in a country uh, across Europe, across North, South America, Central America, Asia, Africa, we've, we've kind of got it covered really. Um, and we particularly specialize in setting up in those countries so we can help you uh, understand the legalities and the complexities of employing someone in, for example, Brazil. We can tell you what um, what uh, benefits you need to, uh, mandatory benefits, what uh, supplementary benefits you may want to offer. Um, and then we can get that pay- pay- payroll process up and running. So yeah, real broad range of services, particularly at the moment we're focusing on um, moving our customers from what we call uh, heritage or desktop products to the cloud and on our go forward platform, which is Staffology uh, Payroll. And that's all about sort of, I, I kind of highlighted it further up, up, up the uh, the podcast, but that's about API first, real-time payroll calculations, automation, about 48% of the users on the Staffology platform use some form of automation to gain time back. And, and that product we're, we're kind of maturing at the moment does payroll brilliantly for businesses of between sort of one to 500 employees but we've just had a big big endorsement of of uh the the journey and and the value that we're giving back to customers and we've just signed off another seven figure investment on staffology to mature it for larger organizations as well so uh, businesses of between 300 and 3000 employees uh, will build out the functionality Super. I will uh, share the links for those all to find out more, and I'll go through those in just a moment. First, we're going to open the vault, which are three short, sharp questions for you, Fran. So I hope you're ready. The first one is this. One piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now? Be curious. Seek out knowledge. It won't find you. If payroll was a song or a movie, a bit of fun, what song or movie would it be and why? If it was a song or a movie, Forrest Gump, because... It's a wonderfully detailed and colourful story that uh, typically goes on for many years and ends up with a really positive outcome. Yeah, I love that. What a great response. Uh, let's go back to uh, number two then. What what action or, what, or improvement would you make to the payroll industry if you could? Um, I would ask them to challenge themselves and their providers up with better ways of delivering payroll for the employees. And really nice. see if we can push the boundaries over the next you, five. You may have years. opened yourself up there, Fran, for all your customers yep. now going, all right, you've you've laid you've laid down the challenge. This is what we want, this is what we need. And you've got a, you know, a very experienced product director in Fran to uh, to overcome those challenges and come up with some solutions. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Fran, having you today on the payroll podcast. Thank you for giving us such detailed insight into the world of technology, the world of compliance, and the world of um, product development from a software provider perspective, which I think has been really, really helpful. For those that want to find out more about Iris Solutions, you can go to their main website, which is iris.co.uk. And it's worth mentioning, although they have a plethora of payroll solutions that they offer across managed services, international payroll, and software, they also support other areas as well, including accountancy, HR, 
staff, financial management, there's educational software and systems. So take, take a look at the website. You may find that some of your stakeholders could benefit from their solutions as well. But I'll also include a specific link in the show notes, which you can find straight net, straight away if you just click through uh, about the Iris payroll solutions in particular, which is iris.co.uk forward slash payroll. And I'll put a link into Fran Williams's LinkedIn profile as well. So if you do want to challenge him as a provider with the things that you need, or if you have any questions about the content in today's show, please link out to Fran and he will be able to support you with those challenges. Of course, as well, leaves me just last to say, if you are a payroll leader listening to this show and you have a payroll related vacancy that you need support with. We do support over 66 different career pathways in the world of payroll, from payroll developers through to payroll managers, through to payroll implementation consultants and more. So whatever your vacancy might be, please do get in touch with ourselves here at jgarecruitment.com and you'll have a specialist consultant that can support you with all of your payroll recruitment requirements. Uh, That just leaves me to say one more huge thank you to Fran Williams for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. I look forward to bringing the next episode real soon. Thanks, Fran. Uh, Let's go to pause, are we? It's Moya. There we go. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.